God by His Spirit will, will enlighten you to do it in whichever way that is uh, adequate and helpful and effective in your current context. And we're going to look at the question of how do you help disciples overcome defeat? Hello and welcome again to another of our teaching sessions in this series that we've titled A Band of Disciples. And as you're probably aware by now that the whole purpose of this series is to help you and encourage you and inspire you to be the best discipler you can be. And we have been uh, addressing this series with a play on the metaphor of band of musicians. Because as you know, uh, musicians are not built to be musicians just because they were pressured to learn some knowledge or forced to practice their skills three hours on a Saturday morning. No, no, the, the real musicians uh, see themselves as a particular type of person in the world, a talented musician who impacts the world in a specific way and brings joy through entertainment or, or, or create melodies, new melodies in a worship environment or whatever they might be doing that they feel that it's impacting the world by their uh, the way they're living their lives as musicians. And that motivates them to practice. And when they encounter dilemmas or problems in their practice, they figure a way to learn how to rectify that so they can be the best type of muso they can be. And as disciples, we need to understand it's exactly the, the same concept. We are in the business of helping building a certain kind of person in the world. A person who lives like Jesus, Jesus-like human being, right? They live like Jesus would have lived if he was in their body, in their context, in their environment, in their era, in their family, in, in their workplaces, in their neighborhood, in a church, in a community, and in their city. You see, we are trying to see a person that embodies the life of Jesus because they have already the Holy Spirit on the inside of them that given them the capabilities, the qualities uh, of Jesus. They become partakers of divine nature so they can live the type of life that Jesus lived on planet Earth. We have been looking at three mini-series in one, so to speak, really. The discipling calling so you can discover the conviction of being a discipler. We looked at some framework of how to disciple in community so you have a clarity on, on a discipling uh, uh, way, uh, discipling uh, structure. And we've been looking together at the, some discipling competencies so you can have the the skills required um, to, to invest in other people. And uh, each of us know that it takes a lot of energy and a lot of sacrifice when we're trying to be, uh, uh, you know, whether a, 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 an athlete or a musician or a particular worker, it takes energy in order for us to gain those skills. Uh, I for example, my physiotherapist that I go to regularly, his son has been in Germany because he wants to learn to excel in a particular uh, instrument that the, the, the greatest uh, place that trains that and, 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 and releases those type of musicians is in Germany. 
And, and he's been there, I think, for three or four years trying to find opportunities to develop his skills. And uh, we should have the same amount of, of, of zeal and motivation to get better at helping people uh, become Jesus-like disciples. And today I'm going to look at another skill, um, another question. And it doesn't mean that the answer is prescriptive one. This is just amusing our understanding so far. I hope it will stimulate you and, uh, you know, God by His Spirit will, will enlighten you to do it in whichever way that is uh, adequate and helpful and effective in your current context. And we're going to look at the question of how do you help disciples overcome defeat? Inevitably, if you're genuinely doing life on life with a group of people or with an individual, they're going to be time where they go under um, uh, difficult seasons of defeat. They might be tempted by a particular uh, sin that they repeatedly fall into that. They may be, um, you know, connect with the wrong people and or have connected with the wrong people and struggle with uh, a particular addiction that it takes time uh, to unveil and to discuss and 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 they would might feel that they just don't know what to do to overcome uh, this particular uh, habit or addiction. Uh, they might be going well with God, but because of the destruction of the world, because of the attack of the enemy, they might find themselves um, in, a, in, in a bad place, in a negative place. They might find themselves repeatedly falling in a particular lifestyle that they don't want to have. And once uh, you have this heart-on-heart -heart trust, uh, trusting relationship over time, Someone that you disciple may come to you and, and, and pour their heart out and maybe over time, maybe once. And how do you honestly help them, um, uh, you, you know, uh, grow and develop through this experience and not feel defeated and, uh, and despair and collapse? And um, to help a, a disciple overcome defeat, I want to share with you three things that have helped me over time helped our team over time, and I pray you might find it relevant in one way or another. The first one I would say, model acceptance. Model the acceptance of God. You are a mirror that shows the individual what God sees in them. If they find you an accepting person, guess what? They're going to feel that the God that you represent, the Jesus that you represent is also an accepting uh, Jesus. So the first thing we do is to recognize that we are doctors, not judges. We are health in the health industry, not in the conviction industry. Our number one um, uh, disposition must must, must be about acceptance of the people. And I mean people who are genuine disciples, people who are genuinely struggling with a, with, with a, um, uh, a behavior, with a weakness, with a flaw. I don't mean somebody that is deliberately disobeying God and you just accept, you know, this, this hocus pocus thing about accepting people, just uh, any sin. Yeah, you're great. You're doing great. And patting people all the way to destruction. That's not love, friends. That's not acceptance. We accept the 
person, but we don't accept destructive things that they oblivious uh, and, and deliberately walking into their own um, set of uh, chains that, that, that pre-planned by the enemy. That's not what I mean. I mean by somebody who is struggling genuinely. They don't want to live that lifestyle, but they are struggling. And the first thing they need to know that God accepts them for who they are. God accepts them for who they are. You notice in the story of Jesus, when he uh, received a woman who was caught in the act of adultery, uh, you see, Jesus uh, acted in such a way where that woman was not intimidated, was not ashamed. But other people around Jesus, they wanted to stone her. They had a harsh attitude towards her. They had a judgmental attitude towards her. Now that she is um, caught uh, red-handed, they wanted now to punish her for what she's done. But Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was accepting of the woman and that irritated his audience. The second thing that we do uh, in accepting the person, the second thing we do is teaching them forgiveness, God's forgiveness. You know, especially when, when people are new believers and they haven't been exposed to the story of the scripture, they might be so harsh on themselves. They might be equating God's relationship with them with uh, a past experience they had with a significant other, maybe for caring people, maybe with their parents who were harsh or performance orientated. So they don't, they don't get easily that God can be a forgiving God. So we need to assure them from the scripture, not just you say, God forgives you. Uh, 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 we need a little bit more evidence than that. We need to help people discover that in the scripture, the Lord always offers forgiveness to the repentant. If we repent, he offers forgiveness. And you know, Jesus said to that woman after he wrote on the ground and, and, and those people one after one, you know, those people that wanted to condemn her, one after one discovered that, that you know, they also have sinned. They're not without sin. Jesus said to them, whoever is without sin, let him be the first to pick up the stone and, and, and stone her. And they all left. And Jesus said to the woman, he said, did anyone uh, condemn you? And, and, and he offered her forgiveness. And he did that with a lot of other people. You read the gospel accounts. Uh, Jesus would say to people, you know, your sins are forgiven you. And, and that created that the Pharisees would, would say, who has the right? Who does this guy think he is? He has, who has the right to forgive sins? And Jesus would do a miracle and tell the person, okay, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to stand up and walk to the paralytic person? And, 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 and he would, would, you know, allow them them to see the incredible physical miracle of the person's restoration and healing so that they know that, that he also is able to restore them uh, in, in a spiritual way and forgive their sins. Then the last one, partner with them in the process of restoration. 
partner with people in the process of restoration. That can have uh, many facets. Obviously, the ongoing encouragement, because, because if somebody is going through a tough time and is failing to a particular flaw or sin, it doesn't mean now that they discussed it with you, they're going to walk outside and they're going to be amazing. And they're never going to be tempted. They're never going to fall into that again. That's unrealistic, right? But we need to, they're probably going to be embarrassed to tell you that they're falling into that tension. But you need to follow them out and up and say, you know what? I understand this might be, uh, might come up again and you might fall again, but it, it's no uh, you know, indication of your resolve. You know, we are fallen humans and we've got two natures on the inside of us and, and, and the spirit competes against the flesh and we have diverse desires. But you know what? God is with you through it all. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I am here on the sidelines. I'm a phone way away. I'm a message away. Allow me to pray for you. How about we spend the next two weeks fasting, you know, one meal a day and trusting God if it's a serious situation, trusting God to take that desire away from you. Trusting God to change your perception of this particular situation. Uh, trusting God to bring breakthrough and you partner with them to see restoration. You see what Jesus said uh, to, the, to, to the woman. He says, you know, your sins are forgiven you. That's forgiveness. He says, but sin no more. And he says that to many other people. Go and sin no more. You know, don't live the life of, uh, you know, um, uh, almost like you don't care type of life. Oh, God forgives me. It's like in some traditions where kids, you know, confess their sins to a, a, a clergy and they go and do the same sin uh, 10 minutes later. They're using this uh, strategy to trick God. But that's not what we're talking about is we're partnering with people uh, to support them as well as to challenge them to, 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 to create uh, guardrails, to create uh, environments, to, to do something to prohibit them from keep on falling on the same sin and being uh, reckless about it. We want them to help them and support them and partner with them in every possible way to live a circumspect life. One of the things that I find really helpful is to memorize some verses that are about, about for the forgiveness of God so that they are part of the fabric of your being so that when you're meeting with other people, you come with the heart of forgiveness that resembles the heart of God, as well as you help them with those scriptures so that they also recognize that God is a forgiving God. And the three that I want to share with you very briefly, 1 John 1, 9, Psalm 103.12 and Micah 7.8. In 1 John 1, 1.9, it, uh, it is written that if we confess our sins, can you see that there must be an element of repentance? If we confess our sins, God would forgive us and clean the slate and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the first um, verse that you need to be aware of. Every time you meet with somebody who's struggling with a weakness or a sin. The second thing in Psalm 103.12, I love this. I was taught this when I was a little kid. That as far as the east from the west, it is how far God is taken or removed our sins from us. And there's another scripture where it says that he cast our sin in the depth of the sea. 
And in the depths of the sea, nobody can go there. They've gone to space, but they can't go to the depths of the sea to retrieve their sins. And the final one that my dad made me memorize as a young kid is Micah 7, 8. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. If I fall, I will arise. If I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. You see, as we memorize that there is no despair, that there is forgiveness, that God is on my side, guess what? This would be exhibited in the way you treat people, you disciple, as well as you're going to give them evidence, biblical evidence to support them when the enemy comes and gives them the lie. God doesn't love you anymore. God is not interested in people like you. You will never get out of this. You're going to fall again and again and again. But that's not the truth of God's word. And they need to stand on the truth of God's word as it's exhibited through you and your life as you model acceptance, as you teach forgiveness, as well as you support and partner them and challenge them to live a circumspect life, regardless what it takes, stand by them as God would stand with them as well. I hope that little segment is helpful and inspiring for you to support other people as they're going through a difficult time of challenge or defeat or flaw in their, in their life. And looking forward to meeting with you in our next session. Until then, be utterly blessed in Jesus.